Welcome back to Win or Learn. Another special guest this week. We'd love to welcome to the podcast England cricketer Dom Sibley. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. How's things? Not too bad. Not too bad. Chris has been pestering me for weeks. He's probably been pestering you for weeks as well to get you on here. So thank you very much. Yeah. No, no Sorry. worries at all. I've been tough. Been tough work trying to organise it, but uh, I apologise for that. But it's yeah, good to be really on. I think I don't respect the fact that these people have professional sporting careers. Yeah, and it's like, why can't they just make time for us? Just bombard him. Yeah, but Sims, thank you very much for making time, mate. You're looking well. Just been complimenting you off camera about your uh, your out of lockdown trim. You're looking good, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, it makes a change the last time I seen you in States and I had the old long barnet going. But uh, nah, it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to be back in the barbers, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. So how are you, mate? Anyway, so you're up north now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to do some training today. This afternoon, go and watch the boys. They're, they're playing um, against Worcester. So, day four, um, got rained off yesterday. So, it's probably going to be a draw. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, got out with a broken finger at the minute. So, yeah. um, hopefully back in the next sort of 10 days or so. Yeah, good. Well, wishing you a speedy recovery, mate. It's good to hear you on the mend. And, you know, yeah, just start. Thanks again for coming on. Um, I think we wanted to have a chat around your career. And, you know, it's a great story. You know, I sort of... I remember hearing about you before I even knew you around ago. You were the youngest player to score, I think it was a double ton in first class cricket, age 18. Yeah, let, let's start at that point. You know, I think you were still at school at the time, weren't you? Yeah, I was still at Woodgift, yeah. So it was a bit of a an interesting one trying to juggle playing cricket with with my A levels. Um and the A levels took a bit of a turn for the worse, but um can relate. It was it was a great experience. I, I remember my my start of upper six, I was playing. Um, championship cricket for Surrey and um, batting with Hashim Amla and uh, you know at the Ovals and the, and all my mates were in the double English so it was a pretty good replacement and something that I was doing instead but uh, yeah. yeah it feels like a lifetime ago now. Yeah yeah it's good to see you you know you, you've come miles on your journey now I mean you're an England cricketer you're well on your way to being established at that level um, but obviously you're a southern boy that's moved up north you know you made the move from Surrey to Warwickshire and I know that they, that, that can't have been an easy decision at the time I think sorry were quite keen to keep you at the time weren't they yeah look I was you know probably the toughest decision I've made in my life moving away from Surrey I've played there since I was eight years old and um, obviously school there and family there and uh, all, all my all my mates so to, to make that move but it was definitely the right thing for my cricket at the time I think also uh, you know, helped me improve as a, as a person probably moving away from the rents and uh, becoming a little bit more independent but um no, it's all worked out well. At the start, I struggled, but uh, no, it's there. Luckily, it's, uh, it's all come good. Good. What, why, did, why did you make that decision? Because I think, you know, I kind of know, but I want you to give your opinion on it. I mean, because, you know, there's the, if people that don't watch cricket that are, that are watching this podcast, yeah. um, there's different types of formats of cricket. There's, the, there's a longer format, which is over a number of days. Then there's sort of one day and an even shorter format than that called 2020. And all of those are disciplines in their own, aren't they? You know, cricketers are up against conditions, number one, all over the world. Even in England, it's very tricky. But these different types of formats, it can't be easy to adapt through those. No, 100%. And, and the thing was, it was it, why it was so difficult to leave Surrey for me was because I was playing. I was, I was playing. I was playing. I was batting at number five in the championship team. I was actually playing a lot of white ball cricket. I was, you know, opening the batting in the T20, um, bowling a bit as well. And... Yeah, it was just one of those ones. They 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 made a couple of signings during um, the winter. Um, a couple of guys who batted in the top three, and and although at the time I was nowhere on anyone's radar ever to play for England, I had it in the back of my mind that you know that's that was my ambition. I wanted to do that, and I knew that 
with those guys moving there. And at the time, I just couldn't see a way for me to get in and, and get a proper go. So, you know, just sort of, you know, it came about that Warwickshire, another big club, they came in for me and gave me that opportunity and it, it made sense at the time. So, you know, like, yeah, like I said, it was really difficult to leave. Um, sorry, but yeah, I'm glad that I, I made the move up more. Yeah. So let's talk about that move. So I, yeah. I am I am a northern boy, right? I'm from Newcastle. It's mm. not quite, well, it's a little bit further than where you are. You obviously can't tell because of my strong Geordie accent. Um, <laughs> but how, how did that first sort of year go for you when, when you made the move? So obviously you're transitioning to location, but also the team as well. If you've been at Surrey all your life, I bet you know like the kit man, you know, all of the locals who come and watch because something like county championship cricket. community, isn't it? It is, yeah. And, and not a lot of people go and watch that day and day out because of work. So it must have been hard because you you must have really felt a part of the round there. And, you know, if you just talk about that and and how that sort of first year at Warwickshire went. Yeah, no, it was interesting. I mean, I, I joined on loan that's uh, halfway through the summer around end of July. So it was it was brilliant. I remember I moved up. Um, I stayed with Ian Bell the first three nights I moved to Warwickshire, and I was I played a T Twenty on TV against Worcester, my first game, two nights into staying. So. I was actually quite pleased that it was straight into the cricket and I, I didn't have to sort of, you know, do, you know, work too hard on, you know, a lot of people join and they have to do a full winter of, you know, getting to know the lads and you have to sort of wait to put a performance in, which I'd imagine would be quite tough. So luckily I, you know, I had the opportunity straight away to get out there and show them what I could do. And um, it was difficult. I, I, I sort of was doing a lot of traveling back and forth and um, I'd actually lived with uh, Colin de Granholm, the overseas um, who, who plays in New Zealand and, it was great living with him and we had a couple of mutual friends so that was good fun and he sort of welcomed me in pretty well and um no it was it was luckily i think it was actually a pretty pretty good experience but um i know that it can be tough for some boys who have to do a full winter without you know getting the opportunity to to play but it was it was all good fun yeah not bad that staying with ian bell he's uh, one of our best ever yeah yeah international legend he is a legend yeah how quick was that that transition like you say did it just feel like everything happened in a heartbeat you just all of a sudden then you got a move then how, how quick was the transition to getting the england call up did it all just happen suddenly no my first so after that first little initial period there I, I went away to australia and then came back and had my first full year and um you know with being at surrey everyone sort of knew what i could do as you you know you come through the academy but when you go to a different club and that's you know a great part of the challenge of moving clubs is that you've got a whole group of people that you've got to prove yourself to. Um, so I was sitting next to, you know, Jonathan Trott in the dressing room. Um, obviously I had Ian Bell and a couple, you know, Tim Ambrose, these guys have been around for years and played for England. And, you know, I'm, de- I'm a youngster desperate to try and impress them and, and show them that I'm a good player. And it didn't actually quite go, go my way at the start of that season. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of really trying to, you know, probably over, over pushing, over pushing for it and, and searching too hard for, for perfection and, um, you know, it sort of took its time, but you know, the transition from there, luckily towards the back end of that season, it went quite well. And then, yeah, sort of never looked back from there really. And it's all happened since, but um, yeah, initially it was, it was quite tough work. What was that pressure like sitting in the dressing room? Like you say, with these established players have been around for ages as a young man, were you feeling it before you going out or was it, was you just taking it in your stride? I think that first, the, the first bit when I first got there on loan, it was just taking it in my stride, just to see everything as a bonus. And then when you then I then got made vice captain really young and I, went, I was going to go back into the dressing room. And like, like I said, it was just one of those ones I tried too hard. Mm. Um, cricket's one of those sports you want to try and be, you know, you know, in the absolute zone and you don't want to be, you know, doing things too much. And it's, uh, it was just one of those situations where I was trying too hard to impress people that I was desperate, that I wanted them to think that I was a good player. And, um, you know, unfortunately it didn't quite happen for me, but luckily sort of turned around mid to back end of the season and came good. 
Do you get nervous sitting next to an established podcaster like me in the dressing room? Absolutely not. <laughs> I wait for you to leave. All right, if you round that up, <laughs> I just thought I'd chuck that in there because I would be nervous if I were you. Mate, I'll, I'll be bricking it. But in your position, any situation <laughs> like that, I'll be bricking it. Suze did text me earlier, said he was a bit nervous about this, but... It's different yeah. pressures, isn't it? It is, podcast. mate. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this your first podcast or... I've done a couple. This, I'd definitely say it's the most high profile, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my man. I've seen yeah, a little, little, uh, little backhander for that. <laughs> um, but no, we'll, we'll pick up there. So I remember before the Ashes of 2019, which was a really high profile series over here, it was an incredible one. There were sort of rumours in the background that you might be getting called up for that. And it must have been obviously slightly gutting not to of. Um, but your call-up sort of came in the in the winter preceding that uh, that series, didn't it? Um, so going into the team at that time, I think it was New Zealand, wasn't it? Um, yeah. How did that sort of, how, how did the, the call-up happen? Uh, was it quite, you know, were you sort of aware that you're to the board's back end of the season? You, you, it was potential that it might happen and you had to perform well to get there. Um, and then sort of how did that, you know, the, the actual first debut go for you? Yeah, it was interesting, really, because like you said, there was a bit of chat around it, and obviously it was a massively high-profile series with you know with, with Stokesy playing that innings at Headingley and stuff like that. It was it was definitely a big series, but I knew I, I sort of had it in the back of my mind that I was quite close. I was concussion replacement um, for the series, um, so I was yeah, I knew that I, I sort of knew that I was relatively close, and that you know if someone got went down injured, I'd probably be there or thereabouts, and. Um, but yeah, it was one of those ones when I was playing for Warwickshire, I was trying not to think about it too much and look too far ahead and try and stay in the present because, you know, if I started playing and, and, and thinking that I was going to, you know, play for England, you suddenly have a bad run of form and then it might ha not happen. But um, no, it was, it was interesting. I, I sort of got, got the call and I was fielding. So I didn't actually, I was looking, I remember on the day when it was supposed to get announced in New Zealand, the, the squad, I was sort of looking around thinking, you know, oh, oh my goodness, I'm not getting it. And we're fielding, I haven't heard anything, nothing's been announced. I was looking up at the coach, Jim Troughton at the time, sort of asking me, giving him the thumbs up or thumbs down. And Give him the eye. I, I, went, <laughs> I, went off, I went off for a quick piss and checked my phone and um, the selector had said uh, that um, he obviously couldn't get through to me and knew I was fielding, so he just dropped me a text saying, we'll chat later, but you're in the squad. And yeah, it was just one of those ones that's, you know, text the old man quickly and text the rents and let them know. It's, yeah, it's obviously a proud moment, but um, yeah, I was uh, I was yeah, just pleased that, pleased that it happened and more relieved actually than anything. Yeah, New Zealand as well, like a beautiful place to be making your debut. Mm. Uh, I seem to remember, so, so batting-wise, that series, you know, I'd imagine you probably would have wanted to have done better out there. Your sort of, I don't know, coming of age really came in South Africa, didn't it, in the next tour? And Cape Town, let's talk about that. Because number one, what an incredible place that is. I went there on a first time on a school football and rugby tour. Obviously, I was in the rugby team. Levels this game, mate. <laughs> Levels. Jokes. I was, the, I, the, I was in the football team. I got clattered playing rugby. Um, <laughs> but Cape Town is like such a special place. I mean, looking up at Table Mountain, number one at that venue. But let alone see, score your maiden test match time. Um, must have been just the highest of highs for you. Yeah, it was an unbelievable week. I mean, similar to you, Slates, I've had, I've been over there on cricket tours before with um, with Surrey Academy and England under 19s. And yeah, like you said, Cape Town's got a special place in my heart. I've got some great memories there. Um, so yeah, to add add that one to the list was brilliant. Obviously, we won the game in pretty um, amazing circumstances towards the end. So 
yeah, I mean, it was amazing to get get my first 100 there, but it would have been a little bit bittersweet if we hadn't got over the line and got the win. And we, we managed to do that. And I was sold out for all five days and the Barmy Army were unbelievable. So, yeah, looking back on it, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely probably one of the best best five days of my life. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, I mean, I know that you play with these people. Like, we've, we've got some incredible cricketers. I mean, you, you mentioned Ben Stokes there, people like Joe Root, you know, James Anderson, Stuart Broad. These are legends. Yeah, iconic. Of our game, like modern day heroes. Is um, your wallpaper, isn't it? Uh, phone background, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and bedroom painting, yeah. I've actually got the England cricket cabinet. Uh, Bed covers. Yeah, Sib just, <laughs> just missed to November. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but to play with, you know, Jake touched on earlier around like sitting next to people in the Warwick suggestion room and people who are retired, but you know, who are still great to the game. But some of these lads that you're playing with at the minute, I mean, mate, like I would be buzzing to meet them, let alone be playing with them. Mm. When you're going into that environment, I mean, it's obviously very different for you because you live and breathe the game. Um, but is it, is it nerve-wracking or do, how, how do they make you feel welcome? Do you have to do initiations? Talk to us about that. No initiations, unfortunately, but um, it's all very professional states. Of course it is, mate. Of course it is. Do you know what I must say when I when I obviously you have nerves going into any sort of new environment, whether it's sport, job, or you know meeting new people, it's uh, it's always difficult. And to go into like go into that environment in New Zealand the first time around, I was nervous. You always wonder what it's going to be like, who's going to be difficult to get on with. But the group on the whole, and obviously the the guys that you mentioned there, the big characters and the the, the iconic players over the years, they're you know as good as anyone, and they're very welcoming. And I think you know they make a big effort to try and get the young lads involved, which is which is great and. I do think from from playing at Surrey and Warwickshire, you know, I played with some amazing big names when I was 18, 19 at, at Surrey. So I've almost, yeah, been had that, you know, had that sort of from a young age, which has been great. And I think it's stood me in good stead going into that dressing room. But yeah, like, literally, I can't complain. They're all great lads and very down to earth, very humble, which is, which is, which is brilliant. Yeah. You never know, mate, they might be nervous to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> I think it was what we were talking about when you were staying here was when the India tour was going on and we got off to a great start and the conditions, you touched on it there, South Africa. Everywhere you go, is there just complete, is it a completely different game? Like in terms of the pitch, in terms of the crowd environment, is it hard to adapt when you get in, when you go into India, then South Africa, then New Zealand and those places? Yeah, 100%. I mean, South Africa and India probably couldn't be further opposites in terms of conditions that I've had in, in um, both winters but um, I suppose that's part of playing the game and part of being international cricketers that you've got to try and adapt and uh, you know and do as well as possible in those you know w within the circumstances so you know obviously this this winter was tough and after like you said after that first test match which we won which was brilliant it was um, you know the conditions got tougher and uh, you know unfortunately we got outplayed and um, as a, on a personal note didn't contribute a great deal after that first test but um yeah, looking back on it, it's obviously a great learning experience. Got to try and make sure that when I go back there, um, you know, hopefully at a later, later stage in my career to, to play there, that I'm in a better place than what I was this time. Although I felt like I prepared well, but, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it felt so tough out there that um, sometimes things just don't go your way. But um, yeah, like I said, try and try and make sure that when you go back, you're in a better place. Yeah. They started letting crowds back in as well, didn't they, in India? Like, was it in the second test? Did crowds start coming back? And was yeah. that the first time? Yes. In the past year, was that the first time the crowds are coming back? Yeah, no, since the since the pandemic, yeah, that's been the first time. And my first experience of of Indian crowds, a lot, of, you know, I was I think we fielded and and Broadie steamed in 
um, we bowled first and there was maybe 20,000 people, maybe just under. And I've played at the Oval, I've played on finals day where the, where the crowd's been sold out and it's been loud, but I, I was at third slip and I looked at Stokesy and I was like, mate, that is, I've not heard anything quite like that before. It was, the, the noise was unbelievable. And obviously those guys are saying, well, mate, IPL when it's a full house, it's a, it's a, bit, it's a bit more loud, but yeah. um, no, it was, it was unbelievable. Then we went to Ahmedabad, there was about 50,000 people there and it was, you know, the, the guy, the Indian, the Indian guys over there, they're, you know, they're like, um, you know, they're like heroes to everyone. And like, obviously, uh, cricket over there is like our football, if not bigger. So, you know, when those got, you know, Kohli and Rohit Sharma come walking out, it's like, you know, the noise is, is deafening at times. It's unbelievable. Let's put this into context, right? We have 235 followers on our Instagram. Yeah, Virat Kohli, the India captain, has 100 million. I know. If only he could give us a shout out. I know. Sibs, do you know him? <laughs> <laughs> When I when I did when I did exchange words with him, it wasn't it probably wasn't uh, you know I probably wouldn't be asking him for for a shout on a podcast. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, work to do, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Work to do. We've got them this summer, so hopefully, if I'm playing and uh, yeah. maybe I'll maybe I'll get I'll, I'll get him to give you boys a shout out if I can. Yeah. All right, mate. We'll leave it with you. But just a couple <laughs> of things. So the, the first one you said there, like you, you know, you felt like you didn't contribute in India for the for the last three tests. But listen, let's go back to Sri Lanka because. That's again a subcontinent. It was incredibly hard, very similar to India. And I said, mate, I love cricket. I watch all the games, let alone one of my mates playing. Now, I know that the commentators and the media were not out to get you, but there was big calls over your technique in the subcontinent. And you put that right, mate. You scored, I think you scored a 50 on the, in the last test. You then you went on to India. I think you got 87 off the top of my head. And that showed that you could apply yourself where not only the media are on you, like the, the scrutiny over your technique, the, the pressures of being on TV. The other thing we touched on was like the, the biosecure bubble element. So you boys are, it's very different from, you know, being able to go and relieve your pressures when you're, you know, in the midst of the battle. You know, I can't imagine how hard that must have been for you. Like, you know, in that environment, you're under pressure and you know you need to improve and you did that. Yeah, no, it's, it's like you said, it is difficult. I mean, the, that's probably the biggest challenge of playing international cricket. Obviously, you're playing against the you know high standard of opposition, and the, the probably the biggest challenge is dealing with the media scrutiny. And you don't, no one, you don't really have that much in county cricket. Um, so you know, obviously, you know, in Sri Lanka to, to to finish that tour on a high and then start India well was great. Um, but yeah, look, it's one of those ones. Like I'm sure that if I play this summer, um, which I hope I do, that that will all be there again, and that challenge will be there. And, yeah, I mean, the, the biosecure bubbles hasn't been ideal because, like you said, like, you know, I'm a pretty social guy. Like, uh, when I'm playing cricket, I like to go out for dinner in the evening and spend time with my mates and see people from outside cricket. And that's obviously not possible. With, you know, we're playing Call of Duty and having buffets in the team room. It's a little bit different, but um, and you can get on top of each other. But uh, it's, uh, I suppose, look, it's the same for everyone. And you just got to find a way to adapt and, you know, get through it and find positives in it and, you know, there's there's work there's worse things to be doing than than, than, than touring with England and um, you know there's obviously challenges like I said but yeah it's about you know putting things into perspective and finding a way to you know succeed in that environment. Yeah. So as, as we move on to sort of what what the future looks like for you, you mentioned that twenty thousand fans in India was something that you you know that not got to but you, you it kind of hit it's an you experience yeah, well, yeah. Hit, hit you as a real experience. You got the Ashes coming up this this winter, mate. It's going to be between 80 and 100,000 people in those stadiums. It's going to be a completely different ball game. 
Um, obviously, I know you've got a summer ahead of you. You want to perform well. But ultimately, we, we all know that this England team is gearing up towards that Ashes series over there. Um, how are you sort of feeling about that journey? I'll be honest, Slate, I'm not really thinking too far ahead. It's one of those ones, like I've obviously dreamt of playing an Ashes series um, as a kid. And like obviously, I think we all watched a bit of that 2005 and it was a pretty brilliant series as, as any sort of sports fan. I think it sort of cultivated cricket a little bit at the time. But uh, at the minute, I just don't want to look too far ahead. I think if I get excited about that, then, you know, things might not go my way this summer. I just want to focus on getting fit and, and scoring some runs and hopefully getting selected and doing well against New Zealand and India. But um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I played last winter with the Lions at the MCG in between the South Africa and New Zealand series. And that was an amazing experience. And there's only 2,000 people there. So yeah. um, Trotty was our batting coach and he got 100 there on Boxing Day in front of 100,000. So I was chatting to him about it and he said that it was a pretty amazing experience. So obviously to, to, to do something like that would be incredible. But yeah, trying to look, not look too far ahead at the same time. That's fair enough. We, we can do that though. Sorry? I mean, you can get excited. <laughs> we can do, we're fans. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. You know, that, it's been a really good, really good interview, Steve. Thank you very much, for, obviously, for making time for us. We yeah, both really yeah, appreciate great. it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for coming on. And uh, hopefully one day we'll do it again. Yeah. Maybe in person, around the table. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. No worries, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me and looking forward to catching up for, for a beer at some stage. Take care, Steve. Bye, mate. Good man.